want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all because I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time and you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. All right, here we go. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the Taz Show. I am Taz. Thank you for jumping on and downloading this episode. And if you're not subscribing to the show, that's a big problem. You need to fix that, people. Subscribe. Costs you zero dollars. I provide a plethora of content, and I am the best. Let's keep it simple. I am flat out the best. Humble. Regardless. Uh, thank you, Orkin Aside, for downloading the show or subscribing. I appreciate that very much. Okay. Uh, that was kind of weird what just happened there. Three, two, one, let's start that over. Okay. I don't like when stuff does not go smooth with my production team. That was a problem. So, hope you like this song by my man Bazanji. I'll lay out. See, we don't do edits. That's not a, how this works. Even though it's not live, I don't do the edits. Straight at you. Okay? Raw, unedited, whatever you want to call the friggin' term. Okay? That's it. I didn't like the way the music was blended out of my open. It sucked. Okay? I screamed at Brian via IM and a text message and the rest of the crew here. They all will be fired at the end of the day. I'll be on to my 20th producer at this point. Anyway, so welcome to the show. Okay, it happened again. Regardless, uh, no more. So uh, here's the deal. Okay, I, uh, I was very happy with the Raw and SmackDown, both of them, after... SummerSlam. I thought they both were pretty good, solid TVs. I like both of them. But speaking of SummerSlam, I need to thank all of you guys for that jumped on and listened either live when I was on radio for, you know, three hours right after SummerSlam, which SummerSlam ended early. It ended around 10.30 p.m. Eastern-ish. I was live at 11 p.m. Eastern. So it was nice. I didn't have to deal with uh, them being in the middle of like the semi-main event while I'm live on the radio. So, um, you know, and thank you to uh, CBS Sports Radio, uh, the place where I work, and Radio.com for picking up the show, WFAN. And there was a ton of broadcast radio stations and over 250 or 270 affiliates across CBS Sports Radio across the United States who picked up the special. So thank you to all of those program directors and general managers. and. Sirius XM channel 206 thank you Sirius XM for grabbing the special and most important like I said at the top of this thank you thing uh, thanks to all of you people who um, listened live I appreciate it and everybody who called the show or interacted on social media while I was live on the radio because you guys were like really active and really into it and it just makes it more fun for me to do my job so I appreciate it and 
a lot of you guys didn't get a chance to listen live. So what you did was you downloaded the uh, the episode, the reaction to SummerSlam. So right here where you're downloading this episode of the Taz Show, as we're closing in on just a couple episodes before we're at 700. But thank you for downloading the SummerSlam uh, reaction, Jones. I appreciate that very much. It's very kind, very nice of you. You're all the best. Okay, everybody's the best. So like I said, I really um, enjoyed uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, this past week, I, I gotta tell you, I'll, I'll talk about the things that jump out to me the most, and then later on in this episode, gonna be pretty cool. I'm going right through straight forge ahead, the king of the ring, the SmackDown, and the Raw side. I'm gonna give you my thoughts and opinions of what they should do, and then what I think they'll do, <clears throat> and who I think is gonna be the king of the ring. I will get into that in this episode. So that's uh, that's really uh, an awesome thing for you people. So that's I, I want to say you're welcome ahead of time. So I will handle that. But again, back to talking about Raw and SmackDown a little bit. Okay, some of the things that jumped out to me, like if I'm not looking at a piece of paper, or if I'm not looking at the something online on my phone or whatever, uh, and you guys should do the same thing. You know, you have to close your eyes, just, just look into ambiguous space and say, what. When I think of Raw from this past Monday, what jumped out to me? First thing that jumps out in my mind, Sasha Banks. Not only does she return, she turns heel heavy. And if I say, okay, close my eyes and think about SmackDown, and what's the thing that jumps out to me? And I think Rowan, and I think Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns, and Buddy Murphy. That whole angle, especially Buddy Murphy versus Roman Reigns in a match. Now, there was a lot of other great stuff, you know, in both TVs, both Raw and SmackDown. Samoa Joe, I felt, had just was it was an awesome uh, trip, trip for him, dude. Like he 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 really stood stood out and jumped out, and they're pushing Joe great. They're pushing Kevin Owens great. I mean, there's there's a lot of cool stuff right now. I feel going on with WWE. I'm, I'm really down with everything, and I think it's. The announcement for King of the Ring was real cool. It shocked a lot of people. I wasn't aware that was going to happen. I thought that was awesome. And I'm like, fuck, that's cool. That's great. A lot of big stars have been made from King of the Ring. Sweet. Um, but I'm down with it, and it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get rolling uh, this coming Monday and Tuesday. We're on SmackDown. So like I said, in a little while in this episode, I'll get into that more detail. I'll go through the combatants that are in it, and I'll give you who I think is going to win and lose and how I think I how I would do the bracketing on it. But I'll get into it in a second, like I said. So Sasha Banks, so as we know, she turned heel, you know, and it wasn't just a heel turn. It was just the way it was done, the way she did her job as a as a worker, you know, the physicality of what she did and how she did it was tremendous. I mean, not good, guys. It, it was tremendous. I mean, she really... You know, she showed you how, why she's the shit, man. Why she's the it factor. Why she can flat out go and and we haven't seen her in quite some time. But it was it was awesome. Blue hair and stuff like that. That's great. I mean, you know, I don't care what color hair she has. It just, but that's the one thing that obviously that jumps out. But I'm telling you right now, she was spectacular. Now, so what? What's the deal, right? So what? What helps that? What makes that? You know. What makes a uh, a heel turn so good or a talent that we know is a really good talent be such a really good heel? Well, to me, jumps out instantly is the success they, he or she had as a babyface. 
for all that time, ton of time, the energy as that babyface, everything about that character as the A babyface. <clears throat> to me, um, that's the key. And it's always, I've been in a lot of production meetings, a lot of agent meetings, a lot of writers meetings, a lot of creative meetings in my years in the wrestling industry, uh, in ECW, WWE, TNA, the whole fucking gamut. And I'm not bragging, I'm just trying to catch people up that maybe don't know my true history in the business, not just as a commentator and a wrestler. And I'm telling you, the thing that jumps out in those meetings to me in the past that I remember is it's always a very important topic of when you're going to turn a baby face into a heel. Like, when do we do that? Is he or she maximized right now, you know, as... A bit high enough as a baby face that when we do this turn, people are going to be like, holy fuck, what just happened? You know, that's the key. Her coming out, Sasha, hugging Natalia. Natalia's got the sling on. She's hugging her. She's crying. Comes out with the red wig and then just slaps the shit out of Natalia. Drops Natalia. Rips the red wig off. She's got the blue hair. The place pops. Everyone's like, what the fuck? The announcers did a great job. It was like Instantly, I am a new character. Fuck you. Okay. My hair is not red. I just slapped this girl who's in her home state, home country, and I, she's injured from, from working with Becky Lynch the night before with her arm gimmick, and I'm going to beat the living hell out of her. And that's exactly what Sasha did. And her intensity, her timing, her timing was perfect. She didn't rush into anything. Natalia did not get enough credit for how she sold her facial expressions, her physicality. Natalia was tremendous in this deal here. They zoned in right after the arm, all the heat that came from the disarmor, you know, from Be Becky at SummerSlam. They piled that heat right on Sasha Banks. Great job. I don't know if it was Vince, Triple H, or Paul Heyman because he's he's kind of running the show there creatively as an executive on raw and dude i'm telling you right now that sasha turn uh smelled to me like a paul Heyman deal <laughs> so it, i'm telling you man it was spectacular the amount of heat the timing of the heat the pacing of the heat the announcers michael Cole, they did a great job which is key the announcing when and when not to jump in and dip in the audience didn't know what the hell was going on and at one point they loved it and then we saw Becky come out, so which was like makes sense too, you know, because Becky, you know, she's a baby face, she's a heel, but she's a baby face, you know, so it's good. And then their history, Becky and Sasha, and then they just went. It was like a hockey fight, seeing these two girls go at it, um, and just just throw down and just throw hands. They were bringing the physicality, um, and you know, and and it, it did in there. It sort of it segued, as I said, not just the heat from the armbar of the disarmor from SummerSlam with Natalia. Heat piles on Sasha, but then Becky physically comes out, gets into it with Sasha. Sasha takes advantage of her on the outside, steel chair Jones, and wears out Becky with the steel chair. We got ourselves a fucking flaming hot angle with these, these two ladies who are both legit, credible talents in that company, in the business. Sasha Banks as a heel, Becky Lynch as your baby face. I'm in. <laughs> I am in, guys. This was great. So awesome, awesome stuff. Seriously. 
by the two ladies, um, by Natalia, who, you know, she, she got, you know, like I said, all the heat put on her, uh, her, her arm and whatnot. Um, and, and, and the creative team and, and everybody just, just great job on this. This was just, it was tremendous. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, it, it and it again. I I could have done with a little less chair shots. It was like a lot. It got to the point where it was like a little too much, and we're seeing a lot of chair shots lately. Not to the head, all to the back. It's like, in my opinion, I think they could back off the chairs a little bit because it's getting to the point where it's like it's not special anymore. I think that's important. You got to be careful. But I'm telling you right now, the new Sasha Banks um, to me is money, big time money. Love it. Uh, so great job there uh, Samoa Joe I mentioned Listen right now Joe is a multi um, How do I word this Multifaceted Talented worker Wrestler talent because he's a heel And he's staying in his heel lane He ain't fucking around we saw a glimpse moment of him Turning babyface over the past couple of days I think that was on Raw but um, and you know when 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 we saw what with the card and the stuff like that with Roman Reigns, but it, it, it I like showing emotion from him, but yet he's still in that heel lane. You know he's he's still a, a killing machine, and he, and he's 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 must see TV right now. Samoa Joe, he's must see TV right now. I'm telling you right now, uh, Joe's in a, a great spot right now, and they're doing great stuff with him. Um, I love it. Uh, seriously, I think it's great. I mean, his 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 choke is established enough now at the highest level, uh, pushed at the right spot at the right time. I should say for him as a character, getting pushed at the level he's getting pushed. It's great right now. I mean, I think I think Samoa Joe is primed to do whatever you want with Samoa Joe. Don't waste him now. Okay, let let's utilize him and let's let's keep him hot. Let's do something good with him. Let's do something real good with him. I mean, it, it, because he's 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 Prime, pumped, and ready. He's at the experience. He's at the credibility. Uh, a litany of championships in his career. You know, he's you know he's he's the real deal. I mean, so he's credible enough into the fact of that. You know, his work rate is so strong. Um, people believe in him as a legitimate shooter, which is the key. You want that. You need that. He can go. He's a tough son of a bitch. You know, so it works, and they're pushing it the right way. And the beauty too of Joe. And and this is what's what's cool when we saw Joe and Kevin Owens go at it. You know, you got two guys that aren't the typical muscle physique guys in WWE. These guys are two raw boned, barrel chested, tough son of a bitches that are just going at it. It felt felt right, feels good, feels legitimate, feels real. You know, I mean, and 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 Kevin Owens too had great TVs, but but Joe really uh, right now they're doing some really really cool stuff with Joe, and and I think it's awesome. Um, also, a quick thing too. I'm happy to see that Bobby Roode was he was on Raw, and I believe he beat Jose. Uh, no way, Jose. Uh, Jose. No way, Jose. Jose. You know who he is. And in Toronto, his hometown, which I was kind of bitching like crazy during the special, right after SummerSlam, that Bobby Roode or Robert Roode was not on SummerSlam, which to me it was like I, I don't know why that happened. I just don't understand why you got Robert Roode at home barbecuing chicken breast or whatever he was doing and he's and he's hashtag SummerSlam tweeting it um he's tash, hashtag SummerSlam tweeting while he's watering his lawn and his alpervides and his japanese maples i mean what are we doing i'm not blaming bobby i'm saying it's crazy that he's not on the show he shouldn't be home he should be at the show and he was at the show the next night and 
um, he got that glorious reaction, pun intended. And and I got to tell you, he, you know, he's Bobby's another guy. Just man, just just you saw what he can do in NXT. Triple H pushed him and used him right, and in, engaged, invested in that glorious thing that he was never doing before. You know, and and it all happened in T in not TNA in uh, in NXT. That's where all that shit happened. And good lord, it's it's great stuff. You know, and I was saying on the post show of SummerSlam. For those that heard me say this, if you didn't hear me say it, I'll say it again. Uh, so for those that didn't hear it, but you know, when we saw Elias um, on the it was the pre-show, it wasn't actually on SummerSlam, but it was on the the pregame. He was doing a song, taking shots at the Toronto sports teams, you know, from the Blue Jays to the Raptors and stuff like that. And 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 he, you know, it was great. He old school type stuff, going after their hometown teams. And then we saw Edge come out, you know, the Hall of Famer who's from Toronto and and Spear, you know, um, Spear Elias and boom, you know, gets a great pop. Okay, that's awesome. To me, uh, Edge is not the guy that should have done that. You don't need to take someone who's, you know, not not in their prime anymore and he's done and put that kind of shine on him. I, I would have had Bobby Roode do the exact same thing. Have him come out, not the spear, hit, hit, have him hit um, Elias with something, then you could do a little story from there. I, you know, I understand different – I'm just saying, like, whatever you're doing with Elias right now, and always do, do different stuff, the referee stuff and all that, but you, you didn't need to have Edge do that to him when you could have put that shine on a guy who's a current talent in Bobby Roode, who's also a Toronto guy, just like Edge is a Toronto guy. Uh, I know Bobby's actually from Peterborough, which is right outside Toronto, so – you know, it don't matter. He's known as for me in, in that area, from from that part of Canada. So, uh, you know, you would have got the same pop probably for Edge. I mean, I mean for for Bobby, I, I'm not saying they're the same level of star in the WWE at this point in their careers. Obviously, Edge is retired and he's a Hall of Famer. I know that he's a massively overdue. I got it, and he's great, the legend. I, I loved calling a lot of his matches. I've worked with him. I traveled with him. I, I respect the hell out of Edge. I, you know, I consider him a friend. But I do think, speaking bluntly, that that spot should have been for Bobby Roode. Um, you know, can't blame Edge. They gave him the opportunity. He took it. I would have put that on Bobby. That's just me. Um, and like I said, too, like about a second or two ago about Daniel Bryan and Rowan uh, and that Roman Reigns story with Buddy Murphy, like, who you know, who who tried to run over, who's trying to attack, who's knocking down lighting grids on, on Roman Reigns. I'm really engaged in this story, guys. I, I got to tell you, I, I've, I'm being blunt. I have not been this invested in Daniel Bryan in a long time. I believe, uh, like, this guy is going to move the needle. He's moving the needle right now. He's doing a great job, as is Roman Reigns, as is Rowan, and as is Buddy Murphy. Good God. It's great stuff, man. It's great stuff. It's everyone's getting over. All four men are getting over. Samoa Joe on the outside of that is getting has gotten over a little bit more too from it. Helped get him over more. <laughs> it's just being done right. Again, maybe Eric Bischoff's hands are in this with the SmackDown stuff that they're doing. It just feels different right now to me. I mean, I don't know if I'm getting work here, what I'm watching, but it feels right. It feels like there's some different stuff creatively going on, both on Raw and SmackDown. So I think you got to keep in mind with those new heads of state, you know, and Bischoff and Heyman. So that's something, like I said, to keep in mind, because if they're pulling strings behind these things that we've been seeing lately, they're doing a great job. I mean, this is, this is awesome. So, I mean, right now it's, it's that, that story 
that Roman Reigns thing, you know, that whole thing is is pretty cool, man. And what they're doing in the locker room with Buddy Murphy, what they did on Raw, where you know Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns comes in and clears out the locker room and then gets in gets into it with Buddy Murphy and then pins him against the wall and then he says the name Rowan, meaning Murphy, and then they kind of do a similar thing the next night with Daniel Bryan. He's incensed, he's pissed, and then he does the same dealio. With um, clears the locker room out, and uh, this was after the match. This was after the match with Roman Reigns and Murphy, which was just an excellent, excellent match. I mean, and Buddy Murphy just and I tweeted about that. I'm like, this was a great match. If I said, and Buddy Murphy has arrived, you know, and it got a shitload of retweets and favorites. Man, I mean, I'm telling you, I thought at first when we saw what they did on Raw with Murphy getting pinned against the wall and kind of getting bitched around. By Mur- by uh, Roman, I'm like, oh shit, man, they're gonna drop the ball on Murphy. Then the next night on SmackDown, all that stuff happened that we saw, and then the match. Now he lost the match to Roman, but it don't matter, dude. They they, you know, <laughs> this match was excellent, and it looked like that that Murphy was gonna win a match, and that's the idea to, to to get your mind going, like, oh, what's going on here? And then doing the thing again in the locker room, but this time with Daniel Bryan and Roman, where they clear the locker room out and they want to talk to Murphy and force Murphy basically to say, you know, he lied or whatever it was. I loved everything about it. It was almost like the identical type stuff they did in the locker room with Roman that they did with Daniel Bryan and Rowan, meaning with Murphy. I'm going to give you one little nuance, one little nitpicking thing I didn't like about it. Just minor thing. Like when towards, okay, on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan and Rowan De- Rowan's beating up Dan- uh, 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 Murphy in the locker room Pins him against the wall Forces him to say, you know, I lied, I lied Or whatever and it was Daniel Bryan screaming at him And then finally Rowan lets go of him Moves his forearm off his face against the cinder block wall Rowan go- I'm sorry, Murphy goes down to a knee Selling as Rowan and Daniel Bryan Back off for a second Because then the attack happened again Pay attention to what happens. I'm not looking at it again. I'm just going, I watched it once, but I remember what happened. Once Rowan got his arm off of the throat and jawline of Murphy against that wall and backed off, this is where it was a mistake. I don't know if it was Murphy's fault or if he was directed this way. He, while he was selling, he looked directly at Rowan like while he was in pain Instead of selling and looking down Like he was hurt, like almost like he was dazed He was aware of where he was It looked like he I know I'm overthinking this, but this is important (laughs) This is the shit, the little things that help Make things feel more realistic He looked at Rowan Too long while he was on a knee Meaning Murphy And then Daniel Bryan said something like uh, Beat him up again, I can't remember, that wasn't it But something like that, and then Rowan attacked him again, threw him across the locker room Into a garbage can, all this shit that little thing where Murphy looked at him, he shouldn't have done that, in my opinion. He should have never looked at him. He should have never looked at Rowan or, 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 or Brian once he once they took the arm off the form. He, he should have kept selling, looking down, choking on his own saliva, whatever the fuck you want to say. And then Daniel Bryan gives the marching orders again to the big man and says, attack him again. That would have felt better. The other way that the way they did it, I felt like it kind of punked out. You know, um, well, punk, that's the wrong word because he, that's kind of the bit. It made, it made Daniel, it made uh, Murphy look a little weak. If you can look at the guy 
as you're selling down, it makes you look super subservient and makes you look scared of him. And I felt like Murphy looked scared of him instead of being pissed off that he got fucking beat up and it was, you know, whatever, two on one, whatever you want to say. And this guy's a giant guy and he got attacked. He didn't expect it. He should have been selling more in anger or pain as opposed to making sad eyes, Murphy, looking at Rowan. I know it's the littlest fucking thing. But when I watch wrestling, that's the shit I see. <laughs> that little shit like that. That little tiny bit right there. That's what jumped out to me. <laughs> it's time for a little water, kids. And then I'm going to get into a little bit of this uh, gimmick on the other side of the King of the Ring Jones and get into all of these 16, the field of 16, as they say. I'm going to get into that in a second here. Some water break time. Be a good time to put myself over too. I don't do that enough. You know, doing live radio every day, two hours a day, or three. It's not two. I was wrong. Six a.m. to nine a.m. That's three. Taz Moose has been out. That Zach Gelb has been joining me in the studio. Moose has been out on vacay, and I do that. You know, every fucking day, three hours a day. Then I do more audio, your podcasting. I mean, how much more can one man do for you people? All right, other side of break, I'm going to get into the king of the ring. I'm going to give you the field of all the athletes and my predictions. All righty then. Here we go. We'll do a little king of the ring uh, chatter. Talk about what they got going on and uh, you know who are the cats that are going to be in this thing coming back. It's back. I should say it's happening on Monday. The field of 16 we got. So we got 8 from Raw, 8 from SmackDown. So on Raw, we got Ricochet, we got The Miz, we got Cedric Alexander, we got Drew McIntyre, we got Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Corbin, and Samoa Joe on the Raw side. SmackDown, SmackDown Live, we got Elias, Kevin Owens, Chad Gable, Andrade, Shelton Benjamin, not to be confused with Benjamin Shelton. Anybody who was in that TNA production meeting, you know what I mean. That's funny. Back in the day, old school. Uh, she told the story on the year before, too, so you, some of you guys get it. Uh, Buddy Murphy, Ali, and Apollo Crews. So that's the eight on the uh, SmackDown Live side. So now we'll get into talking a little bit about what we, how we feel this thing's going to go down. Right? Oh, man, what is going on here? Brian, hold on a second. We, we got a we got a problem here with this. All right, so we, we have this a minor minor technical thing going on, or ins and outs music, and I'm not happy with it right now. But again, I'm transparent. Um, I I wear my emotions and my rage on my sleeve. You don't care about that. You care about hearing about King of the Ring, so I'll keep going. All right, so here's the deal. So um, there's a couple of different things I feel they can do. Um, what I, how I think they'll handle it, you know, who will advance. Again, this is a tough thing here just to, it's a tough thing to predict how they're going to do the seating. That's the first thing, but I'm going to do that. And I could be wrong on this. Like I said, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, needle in the haystack. I don't know how, like, so let's just say on the raw side, how they're going to take, um, you know, Ricochet and Miz and, and, and these cats and like, Who's in the first round of the bracket? How are they going to do it? What you know? I I don't. 
how would I know that? You know, that's confidential information. That's private. So I'm going to give you my, what I think maybe they'll do. Okay. And it, it, it's a good chance. It's probably wrong, but I'll give you the bracket, the opening bracket for raw that I think they might do. Regardless, I'll tell you who I think is going to win on the raw side of the bracket. So yeah, Ricochet, I feel will they'll have him go against the Miz. I feel you'll do um you could do something different, heel heel, uh, which is this is one I probably won't do, but I thought maybe they'd just throw you a little curveball, uh, that they would throw you a curveball, throw us a curveball, Cesaro uh, versus Drew McIntyre, uh, Sami Zayn versus Cedric Alexander, Samoa Joe versus Baron Corbin. Okay, so again, because Joe is a heel, but you know, it's he does have people like him, you know, so it's like this, he's a badass and Baron Corbin's a heel that people hate, but like really hate. I just think it's a, it's in a tournament. It's good to kind of mix up heel, heel, baby face, baby face. You could do heel, heel, you know, you could do it in a tournament thing, in my opinion, but whatever. So the opening rounds are not, like I said, I can't predict what they're going to do. So it's not vital. I think who's going to keep advancing is vital. Right. And again, we're just talking on the raw side of the King of the Ring bracket okay so i feel miz would advance over ricochet i feel drew mcintyre would advance i feel cedric alexander would advance uh and i feel samoa joe would advance <laughs> and now moving further to that so let's say if my predictions are right as far as the the two matchups uh in the semifinals on the raw side it would be drew mcintyre versus the miz it would be Samoa Joe versus Cedric Alexander. I think that Drew McIntyre would win. He would beat Miz. I think Samoa Joe would beat Alexander. And I think you'd have a final on the Raw side, this is, of Samoa Joe versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, and I, I would have Joe win. <laughs> I think they will have Drew win, uh, Drew McIntyre. I just... Again, on the raw side, that's what I think. Um, that's what I think they will do. Okay, on the raw side, so I have Drew. I would have Joe win the raw side, but they think that Drew McIntyre is going to win the raw side. I mean, that's uh, you know, you can hit hit me up on the Twitter at official Taz if you want, and and give me your opinions too, and you know, whatever. That's cool, and I try to get to as many guys as I can and shit like that, as you guys know. Um, you know. If I went off of that bracket, off that seeding, off of let's go semifinals, I would I would do it a teeny bit different, not to confuse you guys. I would have again semifinal Jones here. I would have Samoa Joe versus Drew. I'd have Joe win. I'd have Cedric Alexander versus the Miz. And I'd have Joe beat Alexander to win the win the raw side. Okay. So just wanted to give you that little tidbit too on my opinion on it. Now, SmackDown side. Um, this one I think is, a, in my opinion, a little bit more clear cut. I think I think I know what they're going to do instead of, well, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. So I'm going to give you the, the breakdown of how I think that they could and should maybe do this. I would go, I think where they would go in, the f- in that first side of the bracket for SmackDown, you have Elias versus Apollo Crews. You have Shelton Benjamin versus Buddy Murphy. You have Chad Gable versus Andrade. You have Ali versus Kevin Owens. 
Okay, so working from the bottom up, I I I think they would have Kevin Owens beat Ali. I, so he would advance to the semis. You'd have Andrade beat Chad Gable. He would advance to the semis, and they would work each other. Then you would have Buddy Murphy uh, beat Benjamin, so Buddy would would advance to the semi, and Apollo Cruz would beat Elias, and Apollo would advance to the semi. So now you have Buddy and Apollo. I think Buddy would advance, and you have Andrade against Kevin Owens, and I think Kevin Owens would advance, and then you have Kevin Owens versus Buddy. In the final for SmackDown side And I think they will And I think they should have Buddy Murphy win And beat Kevin Owens You know, that's what I would do with this Um, I think you're in a position Where you got Buddy Murphy right now And um, Look, he he arrived And he had an excellent match right there Look, this guy's been in the company a long time It's not like he's new to the game here I'm, I was saying he arrived But, you know, as an as a singles push, push guy And understand his championship as a 205 guy And by the way, with that The dude looks like he's 260 Like, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> this guy's got a thick chest Back delts, everything Like, you know, but whatever he's, he's, He should not be in that, that cruiserweight division He should have never been in that cruiserweight division In my opinion Regardless, that's water under the bridge I think Buddy Buddy Murphy's a guy you, you could you could hitch the wagon to right now And something like winning The King of the Ring Is something that could really Pole vault this guy They have a few guys that could really utilize Big time shit Becoming King of the Ring Samoa Joe's a guy that I think Could be King of the Ring Drew McIntyre, I think they'd want him to be King of the Ring Um and like I said, Buddy Murphy, I think definitely could be king of the ring. Maybe they pull a swerve on me and they have Ricochet advance all the way, which I got no problem with. I'm a big mark for Ricochet, no problemo. Maybe that happens. Maybe. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm thinking the top three guys, forget about brands for a second. Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre, Buddy Murphy. Um, and I guess we'll throw Kevin Owens in there. Those four guys are four people that could potentially be the king of the ring. I think what they will do, like I said in closing on this topic, on the Raw side, I do think that they will go Drew McIntyre wins on the Raw side, Buddy wins on the SmackDown side. It's Buddy Murphy versus Drew McIntyre for the king of the ring, you know, and... My gut tells me they would put it on Buddy. So now, I'm I could be off on all of this because again, this is just my gut and how I think they'll book it. It's tough to predict this. It's like predicting the finish to a movie that you haven't seen the script for. <laughs> so that's how you predict. That's what predicting pro wrestling is with WWE. Um, now, if they do everything completely different, then I'll give you a different prediction. I'll go by that what they do after Raw and SmackDown next week when I drop a podcast. But. I just wanted to give like early predictions on what they do and put myself out there. So it's early predictions on what they could potentially do on this. You know, listen, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for all of the people that are in this thing. And I I am surprised. Okay. Because there's one guy that I didn't see listening in this thing. And I, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm still a little surprised, but I'm sure they have bigger or different type, maybe not bigger, but different type of plans uh, for him. And I'm talking about The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. You know, uh, he's not on the list. He's not in the, he's not in the field of, of 16. 
So, you know, I, if he was in it, I'm like, well, he's going to win. <laughs> you know, after what happened at SummerSlam and the love that they had for him, the audience in Toronto, and I got to tell you, on my special, man, and those that listen to the podcast, listen live, tons of people calling. Most of the calls were about Bray Wyatt. People loved it, loved it, loved it. They're so jonesing for him to get a big push. And that's what the bulk of the chatter was, man. It really was. It was about Bray, 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 Bray. So now, well, what what happens? Like, what what are we doing now? If, if he's not in the King of the Ring, uh, is it too obvious if he isn't the King of the Ring that he's going to win it? Or, or are they going to do what I'm hoping, where he keeps doing business with Finn Balor, and then we see the Demon against the Fiend? Okay, that could happen, which I, I got no problem with that. I think that'd be great. But being at this King of the Ring thing is back here, this gimmick, it's a big deal, you know, and it could really, you know, pole vault whoever wins the thing. It's going to, not really, it's going to pole vault whoever wins the thing. So it'll be booked that way, and that's what it should be. You know what I mean? So it's either Buddy, Buddy Murphy or or Drew or, or or Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe. I mean, I think either of those guys can go because Kevin Owens, I'm sorry, because Bray Wyatt's not in it. You know, I mean, I, I would otherwise I'd have him as the favorite. But I didn't see him in this thing, so I'm just going off the list that I've been, I've been you know, I got. So it, to me, it's intriguing right now. And right now, like I said at the top of this podcast, the in my opinion, WWE programming uh, from SummerSlam, I'm sorry, from NXT to SummerSlam to the two TVs I watched, um, the, the Raw and the SmackDown. I mean, I, I I I loved it. I thought it was all great. I got there's zero complaints from me. Um, for the most part, I did. I mean, so you know, it's good. It's a good time right now to be a wrestling fan. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, they announced a big uh, on October fourth, I think it is, the debut with the Fox. It'll be huge, gonna be massive, and it's the 20th anniversary of SmackDown. It'll be out in Los Angeles. So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be epic. It's a great time right now. And if you're AEW, you're like, all right, well, WWE's not playing around, they're doing a lot of stuff <laughs> right now. You know, I mean that's the thing. I mean, and that's why competition's good as the cliche goes, because there's you know, it's it's I, I there's a uh it definitely seems like WWE's motivated So, you know, it definitely seems like they are And that's a good thing for all of us as wrestling fans, right? At the end of the day So, listen, I appreciate that you guys are subscribing to my content uh, If you're not subscribed, just click subscribe It's very simple Go to ProWrestlingTees.com Slash Taz Buy yourself a t-shirt I don't charge you for any content You know, you, you buy a t-shirt every once in a while I gotta buy a new pair of sneakers So I'm trying to save my money up for that it's 60 bucks, so I'm trying to save up and shit, you know? Tough, broken down wrestler doing radio, you know? Uh, anyway, guys, uh, thanks again for everything. I appreciate you, and uh, and I'll talk to you guys soon, dropping some more podcasts here. I'm Taz, you're not adios. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same, cuz we've been doing our own thing. Trying to stay up I want to go back to days with no grades We ordered the kids meal Play ball, that's all day now I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page But these likes on my picture Don't result in getting paid now I've been wondering where the party at Cause all of my concerns Got me wondering where they got the Bacardi